Welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into compassionate leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Chris King, a Fortune 100 IT leader, alongside Roberto Torres, a seasoned startup engineering leader. Today, we will discuss how to be a humane leader developing purpose for our team members when they appear to lack a sense of purpose. Hey, Roberto, how you doing? I'm feeling fine, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here in Tennessee. I hear it's a little chilly down there in Mexico, but don't worry, your winters are always better than ours. <laughs> yes, indeed they are. But this kind of cold, I, I don't know, makes our bones tremble. <laughs> Well, very good. So a sense of purpose, you know, I, I could go either way on this. You know, I, I I would say I tend to try and hire people who have an innate sense of purpose and feel that they're joining the team to make a difference. But there there are certainly some very valuable employees who literally just they want to code, they want to do their job, narrow focus and punch in, punch out, but just do a good job. So I, I'm torn. How, how do you feel about the topic? Uh, I have seen too many times people who goes to the company and, as you mentioned, they go code and the next step for them is to receive the paycheck, code, paycheck, and it, it is an endless loop. And uh, I have seen it too many times. And the thing about this topic, it is that I think that everybody should have a purpose because uh, if we see it, we only live maybe an average of 75, 80 years. So if we don't have a purpose in life, maybe life will go faster or maybe we don't provide value to, to it. So that's why it is that we speak of this uh, topic. Yeah, and, absolutely. And one thing that I, that I have to add, it is, uh, I have a purpose in life. I have a purpose in life and I have a purpose at work. And the purpose at work, it is uh, always make uh, the company profitable, to have a high revenue, to reach our objectives. But by Roberto in other company, it is to enjoy, you know, to have joy of everything that I do to learn to apply that knowledge, to teach that uh, knowledge to others. Because I think that when you spread the knowledge, you make other lives better and you let other people have an easier life and an easier work. That is my purpose. And I have seen that too many people doesn't because as I mentioned, cold paycheck, cold paycheck. I think people should have a purpose. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that the products and things that they do for the company have more insight and more value when they have purpose in the mission, you know, of the company, you know, that they're doing it not to get just the paycheck. We all need a paycheck. We all need to eat a place to sleep, you know, but, you know, if they're engaged in a way that they feel they're making a difference, meaning having a purpose, the ideas that they come up with in general seem to have more value. 
uh, you know, so that they've thought about like, well, how will engineering, how will marketing use this? And can I do it in such a way that it balances the technical needs of engineering with the ease of use for marketing and the customer satisfaction for sales and, and those kinds of things? They, they are typically more engaged. The struggle is, you know, certainly in my experience, it's the younger generation. When I started out, I was very much paycheck focused because it's important. It's my first big job. I'm first real money. Uh, how do how do you try to instill that sense of purpose? <coughs> Excuse me for that. Uh, well, first of all, I must know this person, you know, because I cannot say something to a person or to a guy or a girl who might have a purpose. So uh, it is it is not something that it should be as fast as it should be. It has to be, you know, as a, a candid um, pace. Uh, and, and to discover this, it is with my uh, one-on-ones that I have with this, uh, with my reports, in which I usually split it into the first one, or the first part, it is uh, work-related. And the second one is personal, in which I begin to know them and they begin to know me. And I begin doing certain kind of questions, you know, like it's not like uh, an indagatory uh, kind of, but it is something that when I open myself, they begin to open themselves and I begin uh, detecting some patterns in which uh, when people doesn't have a purpose, they begin to answer that. And when I find this uh, about this pattern, I understand that maybe people doesn't have a certain purpose, certain persons doesn't have this uh, sense of purpose. Because as I mentioned, it is two kind of purpose, work and, and life. And one thing that I have discovered with, with people who lacks uh, a sense of purpose, it is uh, that they only see uh, just uh, just a few meters ahead of them what they're what going to do. And when I say meters, it could be days, it could be hours, but they don't know what they're going to do maybe in a year time, in five years time. What are their, their expectations? I, are they hungry? You know, uh, do they want to be, if they are a junior, they want to be a senior. If they are male, they want to be a lead or a manager. What they do, they uh, they want to have. And when I discovered this, I could apply. And there are people who has told me, oh, Roberto, I want to be a manager. Or someone told me once, Roberto, I want to have your position in two years time. Man, if you do it, I'll be really, really happy and I will help you. But you will take a lot of job and you will have uh, you have to surpass a lot of objectives. And this person told me I can do it. My God, this guy had a lot of purpose. So I could uh, identify uh, those kind of patterns. Yeah, definitely having that kind of personal drive, uh, like you mentioned, is is critical to to having that purpose. I think 
you know, that to instill on the other side of the, the pure, let's say, career given, uh, driven type of purpose. I also think about the company's purpose. And one of the things that I found is that those who don't kind of see the company's purpose and don't feel as engaged are typically those who don't know enough other people in the company. Now, again, I know you come from a, a smaller size companies and I, I came from gigantic 130,000 employees plus contractors. I think at sometimes the total working population was almost 200,000. You can't know everybody, but if you know more people, it's more engaging and that sense of purpose of helping others has a tendency to kick in. It doesn't always, but what we used to do to try and instill it is on occasion we had something called networking meetings. And I don't mean networking like Cisco networking or plugging wires together. It was personal networking. And if we were working on a project that engaged marketing and it also engaged sales and marketing, we would plan a uh, an outing. Now, typically the company didn't fund this. So, you know, attendance was optional, but we would meet at a local establishment for pizza, beer, you know, kind of drinks after work. We would always start it a little bit earlier than normal. So let's say normal quitting time was uh, 4.30. We'd say, hey, we're going to start it at four. So people felt like they could leave work a little bit early because it was part of work. You had to pay for your beer and your pizza yourself, but you got people mingling, people from IT, people from facilities, people from engineering, marketing, sales. They get them together so that they can talk in a less structured way, and they would actually sometimes come up with really good ideas that they would not probably have come up with in a conference room sitting around a table formally you know, whiteboarding and brainstorming. Why? Because sometimes, you know, being out of that work environment, you get a little more creative. And that sense of purpose develops when you know the person across the table that you're building the product for. And uh, and we've we had a number of very successful projects come out of those networking meetings where people described a problem that they were having and somebody else would overhear it and then they brainstorm a little bit and hey I, I think I know how to fix that we'll have to try that next week when we're back in the office and uh, I think sometimes those kinds of social engagements give people purpose because maybe the reason they have their head down and they're programming and five o'clock hits they punch out they leave they come back in the next morning punch in head down programming is because they just don't know anybody at the company to really uh, socialize with a, at a very you know casual basis to get to know them. Yes, yes, indeed, excellent ideas and excellent uh, uh, well, it is. Uh, and one thing also that I had to add, it is, it is that in a big company, you know that even though there could be uh, job cuts or personal cuts, the company will still thrive in, uh, still, there will still be revenue and your paycheck will be the next uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, there will be in a startup, we won't, we don't know if it will happen. That's why, well, we had to reach uh, certain OKRs to, to, to do it. With that, uh, in these uh, social interactions and, and meetings, it is really important to form, form a bond. Let me tell you, 
This Monday, I hire an intern. She is willingness to work. She is really smart. And uh, yesterday, my CEO told to the whole uh, company, which were right now 10. Okay, we are a small company. We're a startup. Okay, he he told us uh, on the chat. He told us, okay, let's go eat together, and we went to eat together. Uh, of the ten, we went uh, nine, but because of that, we be, uh, she began asking questions. People began asking questions to her, so she could know what the other people were doing, and it was more on a personal way rather than a work. But when you know that the success of the company grows with your work, with your area, with other people, with the other areas and everything, and if everybody has success, you will, you will add something to your purpose if you have it. If you don't, you know that if everybody has success and reaches or surpasses its objectives, will 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 go really well. So I think that also understanding if marketing reaches, I don't know, maybe one thousand uh, user, users in the next month. If um, operation has fewer expenses, will but the same results and everything. But if my work maybe uh, applies to those uh, areas or has an effect, I will do something maybe greater, better. I will have, I will have uh, more quality. And for that, let me tell you about a book. I don't know uh, what is the name of the book in English. I will put it on, uh, on the description uh, of the podcast. But in uh, doing the translation, it is Once in a Factory. And it is a short uh, book. Uh, it will take you maybe 40-45 minutes to read. It talks about quality, about recognition of quality. And the factory, what it, uh, what it does is create and produces uh, commas, uh, dots, uh, semicolons, uh, exclamation points that you have to use. And it's kind of funny, but it also provides a vision of quality because in the book it says uh, you recognize quality when you see it. So we recognize the purpose of other people uh, or we recognize uh, when an area is reaching its objectives when there is quality. So I think you can mix a quality and purpose in this. So it, it, it is a really good book and I will put on uh, in the description. But in the end, we had to recognize if other people has a purpose. If we do it, we have to nurture it. If we recognize that there is no purpose on other people, we have to, uh, to let them create it and go along uh, with them in the journey at some time and they will thrive, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, as they get to know the company, you know, other people in the company, another key thing that you could do as a humane leader 
is celebrate those successes, those purposes. So as you mentioned, you know, operations is able to reduce some costs and, and, and still maintain service levels. Celebrate it publicly. Celebrate it so that operations has a success and engineering and marketing and sales knows about it. And if sales seals a big deal, you know, celebrate that success publicly with everybody. Celebrate it together so that the whole company, especially in a small company like you're talking about, has that sense of shared success. Shared success helps drive a growth in purpose and what we're doing together to be successful. So I think you know what we're what we're dancing around is very you know very similar. It's getting people to know the company, get to know the other contributors in the company, get to understand their problems. How can you help them be successful? How can they help you be successful? And celebrate the successes so that everybody's winning together. And that sense of purpose ultimately, I think, drives you know happier employees. They're going to contribute more. They're not going to hold back on ideas. They won't hold back on something they're concerned about that might be a failure, because successes are are also a sense of avoiding failures, right? Your success, you could be headed towards success, but if you don't realize that there's a boulder in the way and one of your employees doesn't have a sense of purpose and doesn't really care, he doesn't point out the boulder that's in the way that he knows about. So, you know, having that sense of purpose gets everybody working together, celebrate those successes. And I, I think your company will be significantly more successful, whether it's 10 people, 100,000 people, 200,000 people, the more you can instill that sense of purpose, the better off you'll be. Yeah, indeed. And in the purpose of creating and nurturing this purpose, maybe you will fail. But if you do, fail often and fail smart. And that is learn from this. Uh, in in the in the first excuse me in the first uh, error in the first fail, you might get disappointed. Okay, learn about it. Uh, push yourself forward, and doing that, it will help you because maybe people will get discouraged about it. Oh man, I failed. Oh no, it, it, no, uh, you know, I won't do it. This no, no, it's understandable. We we won't don't brag about it. But in the end, uh, learn from that and take a step forward. And then when you reach again this kind of situations again, you will know what to do, what not to do. So uh, purpose, it is like um, running a marathon. You know, first you have to walk, then you can run. But you have to take small uh, milestones and cherish those ones. It is like you mentioned, celebrate those milestones of yourselves, of the team, of the company. And it, it will bring a smile to many doing that. Yes, no, I, I agree. You cannot do this and instill a sense of purpose in an individual, a team, or the company overnight. You cannot pay some outside consultant who's going to come in and in two weeks, all of a sudden, all your employees are going to have a sense of purpose and you're all going to be just great employees. That It doesn't work that way. And and incremental wins is what I think you're saying, right? Is, is that yeah. that little success you took first, you did a lunch with everybody. First minor success. Good. Just build on it from there over time, because just like building friendships or building relationships, you know, you don't go from day one 
of meeting somebody in school to them becoming your best friend in a day, right? It takes time. It takes events. It takes certain things. Sometimes it's a few successes. Sometimes it's a few failures. And those things together help you determine, you know, how your sense of purpose fits together with whether it's your best friend, your best coworker, your best team, your best company. Uh, so give it a little time. Don't, as a humane leader, try and rush into this and say, I'm going to be a humane leader and I'm going to solve this this week. Because that's a plan for failure. Because if you force that sense of purpose, if you're just cramming it on people, it will backfire. Oh, you know, yeah. this this is a sensitivity kind of thing. This is where you got to apply your emotional intelligence and realize first you realize with your emotional intelligence, we've got a bit of a problem. Not everybody has a sense of purpose. That's okay. Let's work through it, but take the time to build it. Determine who, who do you need to have a sense of purpose the earliest, right? Maybe you've got a key uh, team leader that doesn't quite have the sense of purpose that you need. Maybe it's important to instill a sense of purpose in that leader first and then get everybody else on board behind it. And, and again, please don't rush. This is something, this is a relationship building skill that, that takes time. You know, it's going to, hey, first, maybe it's just a lunch one-to-one -one with, the, with the team leader, you know, and then later maybe it's a pizza lunch with everybody. And then later it's, hey, this project came up. Let's brainstorm everybody together over time. You know, just not, you just can't solve this stuff too fast because if you do, it, it will feel forced. People will feel forced and it usually backfires because I've seen it attempted. Um, I'll never forget it. They brought about a hundred of us together at one of our headquarters and it was after uh, a merger and, and uh, it was a fairly large team that we're integrating in and they had, I think the youngest person there might've been two or three years out of college, but pretty much everybody else was over 40. And they had us play the most childish grade school games. And it was, this was the era when they were always bringing in these consultants to improve productivity. And it was the most asinine, um, stupid thing to do. And it actually, it backfired on the leader because what it did was it instilled the, hey, our leader's clueless because they're so emotionally ignorant that they don't get that this is embarrassing, this is stupid. We would much rather have coffee and talk about technical issues and do things. So you gotta understand your audience. Right. And, 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 and this leader was out within the year because it actually destroyed the confidence of many leaders in that leader who decided this was worthy of bringing everybody together for four days from all over the country, all over the globe. Some people came internationally. It was a gigantic waste of money. Uh, it demotivated many people. Maybe a few people thought, oh, it's great. I felt bonded with my team over bouncing rubber balls around, but you gotta know your audience. And, and uh, for that technical team and caliber of employee, it, it backfired huge. Maybe in some companies it would work, but again, it it really destroyed things and it seemed forced, you know, it's, and it just, it's unfortunate. It happened 
I was probably into this merger about three or four years at that time. And I, I wasn't too impressed with the leader to begin with. And then it, it just destroyed it. I'm like, this person is not a good leader. And apparently that's what everybody else felt too. Cause they were gone shortly after that, you know, within the year. Well, how tough, how, how difficult, because it, it, instead of having an intrinsic motivation, it totally obliterated. So. Exactly, exactly. So again, you got to, you know, team members have, I agree, they need to have a purpose, but you need to be careful how you do it. And you need okay. to know, get to know those team members and critical people to understand what, what will work and what won't. For I'll give you another example. This did not happen, but this would be an example. Small team, 10 people. But let's suppose the makeup of the team, several of the team members have uh, new children under two years old, let's say. How open do you think they're going to be to like, well, let's let's get together um, a couple of Friday nights in a row out and we'll stay out late at night. Are you kidding? Their spouse expects them to be home like at 5 p.m. after work helping with the new new baby kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So know your audience, understand what what might be going on in their lives that might backfire when you try and do something like that. It would probably be much more appropriate to do something during work hours over lunch or something to, to develop purpose if your team has you know, a significant number of, of younger people who have new families, new babies, and you know, their sense of purpose right now is, I wanna go home and be with my, my wife or my husband and my new, new baby. So don't make me do something after work. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Because you have to identify those intrinsic and extrinsic motivations for everybody because we are all different. Someone who might chose, let's, let's say, for example, go to the right might not go to the to the left in this uh, dumb example. But in the end, if you don't recognize, it will backfire, as, as you mentioned. And one thing, uh, just before we do the wrap up and I think I have, oh, excuse me, we have a new topic for later on because it's what kind of intrinsic motivations you do to the to to your reports, uh, everything maybe we could talk about. It's um, with this, uh, of all the time that you have worked uh, and you had all those reports, what percentage of people do, do you think had a purpose in life, at work, and which did it? Maybe a rough number? I, I would say probably 95% had a strong sense of, of purpose, pretty high. I think that it does vary some, like some of those people sometimes would lose lack of purpose if something was going wrong at work or, or so on, but in general, pretty high. We generally didn't have too many team members that lacked a sense of purpose, but we were also very critical of hiring. I think to a degree, we we really screened a lot and probably ruled out some good contributors who would have really helped the team, but we were so critical that I think that we probably had a higher percentage of people with purpose than than a normal population of the world, my opinion. Okay. How I, about you? I, I would say 70%. Uh, 
And maybe thinking about my question, it is maybe a uh, culture thing about the country, maybe the culture about uh, us. But with this, at first it was 70%. And when they left the company or I left the company, I put on up to 90%. Because everybody not has to be the same, but we had to um, have a better bond and have a, a better mission you know, to, for us to grow. So the Witches Lean has to, uh, have to, uh, live, have to level to ourselves. So, and that's maybe. a sign of a humane leader, Roberto. You improve yeah. the sense of purpose. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good, very good. Well, listen, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to see a positive impact on your team and career. Catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane, stay successful. See you later, Roberto. Bye-bye.